Hey guys, and welcome to Sounds Like NYC, the only podcast dedicated to spotlighting New York City talent. On this episode, we have a Brooklyn-based singer-songwriter. You can find her on Instagram at Lydia Holloway. That's H-A-L-L-O-W-A-Y. Please welcome Lydia. Welcome. Hey, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Well, yeah, thank so you for coming, for coming on. on. So what's, uh, what's it like over there? Because well, you're not in Brooklyn right now. I'm not in Brooklyn right now. I've been kind of cheating. Out. Uh, I've been hiding out in Massachusetts. I came up here to be with my family for the holidays and committed to being here for a while since, you know, the whole jumping back and forth between households is not recommended right now. Mm-hmm. But I'm coming back to Brooklyn uh, next week, back to back to the loft, which is both my bedroom and my recording studio. Um, so I'll be hitting the ground running as soon as I'm back, which I'm really excited about. Nice. Like um, when you say recording studio, and, and I'm not calling you out, but I'm a, like a audio engineering nerd and stuff like that. I, I, I went to school for it. But um, in terms of just like your own studio, like is it just like you, a mic and like a semi-treated room or like are you like also very involved in the process of like making your music? So is it like yeah, a bit more so developed I- sort of thing? Completely. I produce, but most of my songs are either co-produced or mostly produced by someone else because I am not very good. Um, So I do bring other people on board for that side of the process, but I do record all my own vocals and occasionally um, guitar parts or piano parts in there. So um, actually, you know, both of my roommates are also musicians, so we have a ridiculous Mm. amount of gear in the apartment. (sighs) So nice. Yeah, yeah. I think we're up to seven guitars right now, and I'm like kind of about to buy a straw. If if you need a maid, I'm I'm free. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, it's great. We always have everything we need, which is awesome. But um, uh, yeah, in terms of the setup, I definitely would not say it's a pro-level studio, but since I'm mostly just doing vocals in there, it's semi-treated, and then I bought this, I forget the brand who makes it or the name of the product, but it's basically like a half circle mm-hmm. of foam boards about yay high, and it actually flips onto your mic stand, mm-hmm. and I've gotten awesome results with it, like, um, you know, when I send out the stems for mix, nobody has any idea that this is like a bedroom recording. Um, here, on the contrary, I've recorded a couple covers and whatever, and been recording out of um, my closet here, mm. my grandmother's bedroom's uh, closet, because that's the biggest one. I nailed up uh, duvets and stuff onto the wall, which caused uh, conflict. And yeah. Uh, yeah, that's actually where I recorded, you know, most of my EP, because that was um, during the really serious lockdown, and I have, um, I have a compromised immune system, so I was like, big nope to being in Brooklyn for a couple months Mm. Uh, but you know I had the EP coming out so I did end up recording a lot of it in basically this really horribly treated makeshift closet and I mean if you care about that kind of thing I think you can tell a little bit on the tracks for the Mm -hmm. typical listener like most of my fans aren't super hardcore audio engineering people Mm. Um, so it's I think it's fine get off her case Daniel yeah okay so for this whole question we'll just like bleep it out so that so that we could you could like keep up the facade (laughs) completely fine (laughs) like do do you have any tips for anybody who might want to like start like a bedroom studio type of thing yeah I mean I think I'll have to drop it over to you guys in an email what the name of the product was it was I was really hesitant to buy it because it was like 300 bucks or so and for studio equipment that's not you know super expensive but um if you're just getting started and you're also picking up a doll like 
I, I do recommend like if you can avoid using a crack of Ableton or Logic or whatever you're in, um, that's you know can can be better because you save yourself uh, the price of the laptop repairs. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I yeah, I mean, um, because a, a lot of people don't know, even though it is like a professional DAW and stuff like that, but like Reaper is like a great DAW. It's like $60 and you get like a full-fledged, you know, DAW with its own with its own plugins and stuff like that. So like, that's like a great option for people on a budget. I yeah. said it's not Apple, I want it. And, um, Shut up. GarageBand isn't obviously the most expensive, but honestly, I I produce a bunch of super early tracks that I only put on SoundCloud. They're not on Spotify, but I did them all in GarageBand. And I, I mean, if you're a really beginner, there's definitely a better way to spend a couple hundred bucks than um, on a DAW. I feel that. Mm-hmm. I I like GarageBand, and I actually came across an, an instrument sound that was like identical to one of the big grime songs at, mm-hmm. the, at that point. This was a few years ago. So I think it must've been like one of her really big hits, either Oblivion or Genesis or one of those, if you listen to her at all. And um, she produced that album, Visions on GarageBand completely. And yeah. I was like, this is it. I found the instrument she used. There's like no effects on it. Um, so that was a really exciting moment for me when I first started producing. But yeah, I mean, my mic stand is, super cheap. My mic was like a couple hundred dollars. And that was actually something my friends gifted to me when I first started recording. I was super hesitant to like invest any money into myself. Um, Cause I was always really a writer and it was just me playing acoustic guitar. And I was like, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know about spending, especially like, you know, at that point I was a student, a few hundred dollars was like big time money at that point. Um, so it was really sweet. My friends like all pitched in 20 bucks or something and got mm-hmm. me pretty basic like road mic for my birthday and they were like you have to record this EP um which was really sweet so yeah and then that thing is still kicking and it's been a couple years now yeah so like speaking of which like so where does your musical journey begin and like because it seems like you've been producing music kind of like on like a regular basis and just like very like constantly and and like consistently so like when yeah um complete beginner again I'm I will make no claims for my production skills um Mm. but I I basically you know like so many people been a musician my whole life I think I was really I wasn't like an amazing singer growing up you know I wasn't like one of these kids who's getting the lead in every play and all of that but I really loved writing and I loved playing piano um I took piano lessons from a pretty young age just you know like so many kids do and um, that was really blessing. And uh, I think my, my connection, my earliest connection to music was actually through dance. I was like training to be a professional ballerina. I was like ballet every day um, since I was maybe three. And I really like loved, loved, loved connecting to the music in that way. And it felt very like, you know, um, very creative and empowering to me when I was like this little tiny kid. And then I started getting into writing. I mean, I was writing songs in like seventh grade. I was super into Lord of the Rings and I wrote a lot of songs about Lord of the Rings, which, you know, I now realize makes me basically like, who is it? Led Zeppelin who has like- Yeah, just like, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So basically Led Zeppelin. Uh, But yeah, I started writing really early. And then in high school, I hung out with a bunch of, you know, music kids and kind of- The stoners. um, Yeah. (laughs) Always, always. Uh, but learn my way around a little bit of studio lingo that way um and then I didn't really launch my own like real project though until gosh I did a couple songs in college but I never really felt like 
this is good enough to put out and like I really believe in this I read this great thing um god I, I should have like taken mm, I think it's on my Instagram save so I will send this to you as well uh because I think it was some like fairly no notable person who talks about like the gap have you ever heard of this um, are you talking about like from like a music production sense yeah, or like a music? So it's just like a general creative thing. And I think this was actually from an author, I want to say, but about like when you first get into something, your taste improves really quickly, but your skills improve pretty slowly, you know? So you mm -hmm. have really good taste and you like can hear what's good and you have a feel for it. Or for me, like I'm listening to so many songs every day and I get a feel for what kind of writing I like and what's good and what like, really hits you but that doesn't mean like just because you can recognize it and your taste is good doesn't mean that you can replicate that and you can do it yet because that takes years you know mm -hmm. um so I was in that like the gap between where my taste had improved and my skills were still like eh. I was stuck in there for a while definitely and I just kind of kept at it until 2019 when my first like real single that I really got behind um full-on came out and yeah it's just been sprinting since then awesome yeah that's really cool yeah yeah i guess that's kind of like the classic or like every kind of like creative person probably probably has that experience and probably we will perpetually have that experience of kind of like the difference between what we can do and what we aspire to so yeah but i never heard of that of of that term or, or or of that idea being like named the gap so thank you for uh teaching me that write it down. but huh write it down <laughs> but uh, uh no i was gonna say uh following that like uh crap i just forgot the question no give me a second we were talking about music yes we were talking about that, that is this whole thing yes so when you started music or like or like your first single coming out in 2019. So yeah, so with that, um, so we were doing like a bit of research research about you before and stuff like that. And so from, from just starting out in, you know, 2019, we're looking at your like Spotify end of year rap thing. And, and, yeah. and like you already have like what? Like 143,000 streams uh, and like, 88,000 listeners. listeners so like how the hell did you get so far in like about a year <laughs> yeah. the cheat code. Um, I think um, I've definitely I'm completely indie you know it's just me like again recording in my bedroom running any marketing that I'm doing is for the most part just me myself and I which is really crazy and scary um I think part of it has absolutely been you know, luck. I, I had a song, my first song got picked up by Zara and was playing in their stores, which sadly, you know, all that progress got shut down um, with the pandemic, but right. that was cool. And that was driving some people to my music. And then um, a couple of my songs have done well in China and it's like the crazy oh. thing because they don't have Instagram. So um, I, I heard about this, like I had no idea the songs were doing well. And then people were like, DMing me when they came over um, to start school in the US or whatever. And they were like, we love your music in China. So those pieces were definitely luck. But that aside, like I absolutely um, spent a stupid amount of time just finding playlists that I think right. my music would be a good fit for. And like, mm -hmm. oh, the person who made this playlist also included some indie artists and some lesser known people alongside like obvious bops. Um, so emailing a lot of those playlisters and just being like, 
even if it means I'm like stalking them to the ends of the earth to find an email address or somewhere right. I can yeah. yeah. And I'm like, usually just try to be super, you know, humble and mm-hmm. actually listen to their playlists and be like, I really found some great music on here. Um, I think your listeners might vibe with one of my songs. Um, would you be down to add it? So that's kind of been my strategy. And I've, I've had good luck with that so far. Um, but it's interesting, you know, some people like my song Autopilot, that for some of my listeners, that's their favorite song of mine, but it's definitely not like my most number one streamed, you know, so, and, and other people like my really more upbeat, like dancey songs better than the, the low key stuff. So when I'm reaching out to people, I try to keep that in mind, like 90% of the people I reject, the people I reach out to are just like flat out no, or don't reply. Mm-hmm. And that can be discouraging, but I think that's just the reality of any like performing art. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah because well for for you like what what do you think makes the the right playlist like if an artist were to look for you know playlists to get on like what would be sort of like key indicators they should like look for when when picking out a playlist to reach out to that i um use as a hack is because i know a lot of other musicians um whether through new york or through school or whatever it might be um who are at more of a similar level to me like if you go to Ariana Grande's page, you go to her bio and there will be a list of the top five playlists she's discovered on, but they're all going to be like global top 40 Spotify editorial playlists. Um, But if you go to my page, you know, you'll see um, like playlists that are just made by basically people who are really into music and they promote their playlists a little bit and they have maybe a thousand or 2000 listeners. And that's not like, you know, it may not seem like, oh, this is going to make my career if I get on this playlist, but those people are usually like, um, those playlisters are a little more open to indie acts. And also, um, yeah, like if it's showing up in someone's like this, this artist is discovered on these playlists, that usually means the playlist is active at least. So mm. um, like people are actually listening to it. It's not like from 2014 and no one listens anymore or whatever. Wow, yeah, because I was going to say that, like, um, that kind of, like, playlist scene, or, like, you're the first artist I think we've had on, like, one of one of the few that have, like, talked about specifically playlists and stuff like that, and, like, I, I, think it's I a really feel thing. like... It's a big thing for, for artists, right? Yeah, it's a big thing, but, like, I really don't hear about artists talking about how to get on playlists and kind of, like, going to the extent that, you know, you've gone to of, like, getting through playlists, because it seems like that might be one of the biggest factors in you becoming and like kind of like all of your success in like just over a year because like yeah yeah it's yeah because like i definitely recommend it to to any artists out there and you know i'm happy to to answer specific questions people Mm -hmm. have at any point i i go live all the time for like questions from other musicians um but yeah it's definitely it's it's helped me a lot it's been great the one thing i'll say is you have to be careful about playlists that have bots like generally anyone who asks for like people will like ask you for money to be on their playlists and you should really try to avoid that because they're usually scammers and with Spotify just took down you know 750,000 songs I think that were like all like a ton of hype generated by bots you know Um, you better really watch out for that wow so like how did you yeah so like so so it seems like you're like kind of like pretty like savvy when it comes to being a a musician in the 21st century (laughs) Uh, but like so like let's talk about so 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 let's move from your wisdom 
of Spotify to your to like how you how you approach Instagram because like um um David um did kind of like a pre-interview with you and it seems like you guys were talking about how you how you don't really use Instagram as much as like you know yeah. people would think they should use Instagram so what's up with that and like how did you like what should artists focus on if not Instagram yeah but 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 more specifically like how did you kind of like come to the point where you decided that you didn't need Instagram as much as people think they need it in terms of being a musician and outreach and stuff like that yeah I mean I think Instagram is awesome I love Instagram I love TikTok I really enjoy TikTok I, I do make videos and I do post on Instagram, like I'm still on there. I have, I post a couple times a week, you know, I do stories and all that stuff. But I think um, people put a lot of pressure on themselves to be like either constantly posting or especially around like the number of followers. I only have like 2000 followers or something. And, you know, relative to the listeners I have on Spotify, that's a little low. And, um, you know, people might worry about that. But for me, it's like, I would rather have 2000 followers who really care about my music and are actually there to like listen than 20,000 random people who are just like, oh yeah, sure, I'll follow whatever. And then are never gonna like actually come through and listen to my music or actually going to like really engage or really mm -hmm. care. So I just think like, you know, if, if the followers I'm getting are people who are like actually there for the music then that's right. wonderful but I'm not gonna like put an insane amount of energy to gaining numbers basically mm -hmm. that aren't people who who really care you know so, yeah, so what's the sense. role for Instagram then like for an artist I'm sorry According. like what, what's the role of Instagram for an artist hmm. I mean I think Instagram when I do make those real connections with people who care about my music it's like the best feeling and mm -hmm. it's so awesome to get dms from people who are like you know i love your music you know i'm from serbia and i heard your song on spotify and i think it's so great whatever or you know it really cheered me up whatever that might be and i love hearing that um and yeah i mean i've been posting um i'm gonna post one tomorrow actually i think something called i've been doing lyric deep dives where i go to like one verse of a song or the pre-chorus and i break it out and i'm like let me explain to you why I wrote the lyrics this way and what they mean. So I guess I see Instagram as kind of like, uh, if you want to like go behind the scenes on a song, you know, or understand like my life so you can understand my music better. It like enriches the songs or right. makes them, you know, more meaningful to you. Like, I think that's why I follow artists on Instagram. Like I follow Nina Nesbitt, who's an artist who I really, really love and she's an amazing singer songwriter she's from Scotland she's had a few pretty big hits she's I mean she's totally established um she opened for Ed Sheeran and all that kind of stuff but um her Instagram is like following her has given me like I appreciate her music even more now because I feel like I know her as a person um so I guess when I say you know I focus less on Instagram I think if you're doing it in that way where like you're really expressing yourself and um and enriching your music for fans then that's awesome but if you're just there to get like your blue check or whatever because you have a hundred thousand followers like I know so many people with a hundred thousand followers and their music is like dead on Spotify you know garbage <laughs> don't go that far no, so, so like Instagram is more about giving context for like your art basically 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because especially I feel like you probably could like write a book about, you know, how I became how I became a star on Spotify in in you know less than a year sort With of thing or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Because yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's really because you seem to have really played the game in your favor and like it's amazing kind of like talking with you because yeah you seem to like really know what you're doing and like mm -hmm. i feel like that more people should definitely be like you in a sense of like knowing how to like properly you know push their music and stuff like that for sure yeah well, i got super uncomfortable with it at first like i think you really do have to get used to doing self-promo in the indie game like mm -hmm. i think you have some artists who are naturally you know very like occasionally you meet someone who's who's just like yeah I'm totally fine hyping myself up and like really extroverted people maybe but for me I was like felt really shy and really weird like cold emailing strangers and being like you should listen to my song and add it to your playlist like that was so out of my typical personality to be like my songs are great you should listen to them you know and, and that was really uncomfortable but getting over that I think um has been huge and if people don't like the song then they don't like the song that's fine not everyone has to like my songs only 10 percent of people who i send it to have to like the song for it to do well so um but yeah ultimately like all this marketing stuff is only going to work if the music i think is like there so for me you know that's kind of the first step i think for any artist is to just like get your writing there um and make sure you're making something that's like real you know mm. and then that's what's gonna like make it snowball when you start getting on playlists and getting people to like really listen. Yeah, so I guess it would be a good time to actually listen to 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 the music that you know we've been talking about this whole podcast. So like, is there a specific single or newest song? Like, what song do you want our listeners to uh, listen to? <laughs> I would love for people to listen to one of my newer songs. It's called Dark Dress. And it's very New York specific, so it's perfect for this podcast. Um, and it's one of the the like B sides, basically, off my EP. Um, mm. I haven't been like promoting it a ton, but it's doing doing little baby streams on Spotify. But for me, it's a song that um, very close to my heart. It's about um, like knowing the train line that your crush or your ex takes, and like wow. knowing your neighborhood, and you're like all right, I'm taking the six today. Like, we'll see. Is he going to be there? Like, I'm going by his stop and going by, like, I don't know, Nostrand. Like, I'm going to run into each other yeah. um, when you know their schedule and, like, you know their train line. Um, and, yeah, that, like, anticipation. And even when you're kind of, like, over it, you still know someone's subway stop and, like, kind of want to look nice or, like, yeah. yeah. Right. Or, or yeah, the, I... Which is, honestly, this is much more often the case with me is I look like shit. <laughs> I really hope I don't see anyone at the subway stop in question, but yeah. Okay, nice. Let's play it. That trust. About the unhealthy shit I do took a couple months, but I finally got over you. But I admit it's true. I swear that's it. So hey guys, welcome back to this episode of Sounds Like NYC. Uh, we've just finished listening to That Dress. 
And uh, I mean, during the break, we were talking or like David brought up this thing called 45 Records or something like that. Like, I don't know. What's up with that? Because I have no idea what you guys are talking yeah, about. What's up with that? What's up with that? So what's up with 45 Records? Um, this was actually something really cool for me. It happened in December. So it was a really nice little like holiday boost. I um, put an email from an A&R at a record label for I think the first time in my life. And you're always like waiting for that. Um, and they reached out to me about signing just one track, um, which is actually my track Heartless. It came out in like September, I wanna say. It was one of the singles off my EP. And um, yeah, they contacted me about signing the track, um, which was really cool. They actually identified it on um, this special technology they have that like identifies rising artists. So. Oh. Um, it was the same algorithm that picked up like Lil Nas X and Tones and I. Um, so obviously I'm the next Lil Nas X. There you go. Um, but yeah. No. Remember us when you become super famous? Yeah. yeah. So really, really sorry I said hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. So I, I mean, I think they, they sign a lot of, you know, early, early career artists. Um, as well so we'll see what happens but yeah they reached out to me I did um, my first call with them I was like so nervous and excited and um, at that point I had basically just arrived here in Massachusetts and a tornado went right by our house I mean a tornado in Massachusetts and I'm like on the phone with the record label in the UK and I'm like, like damn just I might die like this tornado can tear down the house in half an hour and that will be fine with me but like not now um but no it was fine and and we were all fine obviously yeah. i don't think like as bad as they made it out to be but anyway mm -hmm. yeah so yeah 45 has been great though um they've been doing a little promo on the track so i think it's going to become my number one streamed song soon which would be cool and um i felt really hesitant about that track because i just was like it's kind of a dancey, one of my dancier songs. It's a little more like confident, sexier than I usually go. And this was like, you know, August, September and the pandemic. Like, I just don't think anyone was really feeling that mood. And uh, I was talking to one of my best friends and I was like, I don't think I'm gonna put it out. Like, I don't know, I'm gonna write something different, whatever. And my best friend was like, no, I love this song. You have to put it out. And she's not a musician. Like she's, uh, it's funny because she loves pop and she listens to a lot of pop. But she just also really like knows me so she's kind of my go-to like I sent her I sent her 20 songs yesterday and she was like sent me full notes on all of them Wow. <laughs> and these are the ones I don't like but now I super listen to her I mean I always have because again I'm like you, you like know who I am as a person and I feel like mm -hmm. that gives her a special lens on on different songs but yeah she was like this is a song I like you have to put it out it's my favorite song of yours and that's the one that ended up getting signed so yeah, she's my little um, little good luck, I guess. So how much nice. do you owe her? <laughs> <laughs> she can't hear you. Say One that. penthouse <laughs> at least, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 30% now. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, how do you find like, you know, time management for, for ours, I feel like is a pretty funny thing. Like, how, yeah, how does that happen? Yeah, because you've been putting out so much music. Again, like in this whole year, obviously the pandemic kind of like made people be more free, but regardless, 20 songs like last month. Yeah. Something like that. Or like, yeah. yeah. Well, those are, I mean, l let me put it this way. 15 of them are absolute crap. Yeah. Um, so yeah. <laughs> maybe five good songs. Um, yeah. And that was for like a publishing opportunity. So oh, okay. 
happens with that. But yeah, um, yeah but how do you how, how did you manage the time to like really go at it last year yeah, with producing yeah. all these songs and just managing your time in a in a way that 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 like benefited the output and your yeah, success. So the way I describe myself, and this is like not a helpful response, um, but I. I see myself rather than being like, I have this goal and I'm like pulled towards it. And that's my motivation. I have like anxiety that pushes me forward from behind and is like, March, you have to keep working. Existential dread. <laughs> yeah. No, really. Yeah. So I think I'm a little bit motivated just by my own, like, oh my God, if I don't do this right now, everything's going to fall apart. Like, and it's almost, it gets worse, like the more you know, these sort of small successes that I've had, like that feeling of like, oh my God, oh my God, hasn't gone away. If anything, I'm much more like, ah, it counts. Like people are listening now, don't mess this up. Um, so that's, that's part of it. Um, but otherwise I do like, I make myself a schedule at the beginning of every week and I'm like, this is when I'm gonna write. This is when I'm gonna like do emails. Um, although emails I've started just like immediately replying. Like as soon as I see it, I just reply. Because otherwise I miss stuff all the time um, or forget about things, which is really bad. But yeah, I just make myself a schedule and try to stick to it as best I can. That said, if I'm like, I really don't do well if I'm really exhausted. So if I'm just like tired and like, especially with writing, like I think as, a, as an artist and as a songwriter, you have to be able to turn it on to some extent. And like you're going to a session, you have to be able to sit down and be like, okay, it's time to write. I'm in my, I'm putting my writing hat on. I'm going to be creative now. But if I'm like really just like emotionally drained, especially this year, 2020 was like, there were some days when I was just not going to write, you know? And if I've come to recognize that feeling and I will give myself like, today I'm just not doing anything music related. Um, <coughs> Bless, Bless you. you. Bless you. Thank God we're over um, here. Yeah, so, but I think otherwise, like, having that schedule in place helps, um, and I do procrastinate, but ultimately, if I'm putting something off, I'll just be, like, stressed and anxious about it, so I find it's, for me, so much better to just do it. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. I mean, do, do you feel like it's worth it for artists, like, when they're feeling like that, to at least try and push themselves? Yeah, I do completely. I think um, you have to know yourself and where like everybody has those feelings of like, I don't, you know, I don't want to work right now, of course. Um, and writing, you know, we can put a lot of pressure on ourselves, I think, to like write a genius, amazing song. Um, and the way that I've kind of gotten over that is like both being prepared, like I'm writing down ideas for songs all the time. There's like 5% of my brain that is always just like, could that be a song? Could that be a song? Like as people say things, as I watch TV, I'm like, could this be a song? Um, and like, what, there's a little little voice that's just always going. And, and I write things down all the time. Like my notes app is just like a huge mess of ideas, voice memos. And that's helped me be like, when it is time to sit down to write, it's not like, okay, Lydia, like staring into nothingness, come up with a brilliant idea for a song and a chorus and all this. It's like, okay, let me look at my ideas and see what I feel like working on and, you know, like what speaks to me right now, but also what, you know, whatever opportunities are coming up or what it might be, like what makes sense to work on right now. And having that like 
ready to go kind of um, folder of things has really helped me be able to like turn on writing mode when it's time to do that. It sounds like it, it sounds like you have a pretty good grasp on, you know, trying to push yourself, I guess, through, through it. Yeah, I think so. Um, but I'm trying to, I don't know, with my writing, I'm trying to push myself more and like, I don't know, take bigger risks with writing um, and like just go always, always trying to just dig deeper, you know, and like mm. get a little weirder and a little know, weirder. <laughs> a little weirder. I don't know. Like sometimes I think my writing can be, or some of my songs have been a little bit safe, especially like my first two or three songs where I really like didn't didn't feel confident enough in my art and myself as an artist and a writer. Mm -hmm um take a bigger swing or like write something that's just like this is just like true you know so um not that they're not true but yeah so I don't know the, the title of my EP was copy paste um and that's actually a reference to this process I've developed of like really trying to have my lyrics feel like just a, the way that I talk and like conversations with my friends and things that I would say in real life um and I've actually been like literally copy pasting things out of texts and like popping them into lyrics or out of my note if you ever like I do this all the time where I get mad or whatever and I write someone like a, a letter in my notes app and you know you're never gonna send it because that would be crazy right. um, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully you're not gonna send it hopefully there's no like wine involved but um yeah like I'll go into those and be like hey like there's something in here that could be great for a song or or what have you um so yeah so that's where the title of the ep actually comes from it's also copy paste is a lyric in one of the songs but i will leave that to any listeners who can who can dig it up and um yeah if you find it i don't know i'll give you a prize well well oh yeah definitely uh, we should probably take a listen to it after and yeah. see we'll try to find yeah it. we'll try to find we it but uh, yeah definitely but i mean thank you lydia for like coming on and like it's really cool because once in a while we have somebody like you on who just has a complete grasp of you know what they're doing and just is really trailblazing for themselves and yeah for sure yeah it seems yeah you have a great head on your shoulders and like I'm definitely looking forward to you know what you whatever comes next for you because yeah it's, it's it's really cool how like in depth you are into the process <laughs> I can't wait to step out of the process um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've definitely learned a lot, you know, on the go, mm -hmm. uh, learned on the job and yeah, thank you guys for having me on. Hopefully some of this will be helpful to someone listening again. Um, if anyone, you know, wants to DM me questions or has, you know, things they'd like to know about, I'm always happy to chat and yeah, I hope, um, I hope everyone likes the music and, um, I hope you feel inspired to start writing and, and working on your projects. Definitely. Well, thank you guys for watching this episode of Sounds Like NYC. See you in the next one. There you go. <laughs>